Hello, welcome to another episode of For Jesus, where we get to talk about how all of life is all for Jesus. I'm Alessi DeBartolo, and today I'm here with... Who? Who am I here with? Well, I'm here. Oh, My hi. Name, I'm Luke Simmons. Good to see you, Lassie. How are you? <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Joshua Reese. <laughs> we left you hanging there for a second. It was you, fun. you did. I was like, are I was you like, guys listening? Who, is there someone else here? I don't <laughs> well, I was letting you say your own names. There actually is someone else here, but we'll, we'll meet yes. him in a little bit. Yes, yes. Today we actually get to do something pretty um, special where we're going to be interviewing uh, different leaders from our church. So I'm going to be taking more of a role as um, a member in the congregation, um, one of one of all of our listeners, um, just somebody who's really curious about what's going on in the church. So we've brought in um, Matthew Brazelton to come and talk to us today. Hi. Hey, how are you today? Doing Doing pretty good. It was yeah. one of those mornings, but I'm, I'm recovering. So, Did yeah. you do a crazy workout or? No, uh, we helped our kids decorate some pretty awesome pumpkins for their pumpkin decorating carving contest at school and getting them to school without them falling apart was quite challenging. <laughs> yeah, that could result in a meltdown. Did I you take Big that. Mama? We did take Big Mama, our large van, 10 passenger van that my wife has um, put flame decals on. <laughs> and it's now sporting a Perot 92 sticker on the back, which is so Christy. I love it. That's um, awesome. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You remember those infomercials he used to do? This fantastic. was before your time, Alessi, but uh, okay. yeah, he used to like, I mean, instead of these like 30 or 60 second ads, he would do like a 30 minute, he'd just buy airtime and he'd do like a 30 minute TV show. That's right. On I forgot kind about of that. Voodoo economics and other <laughs> sort of stuff that he would I don't even know who you're talking about. Who's the he? Ross Pro. Ross oh. Pro. Yeah. He was uh independent <laughs> candidate for president in ninety two. I think he was an independent. I, yeah, he he was yeah. independent. Yeah. Yeah, he was like a really wealthy Texan guy okay. who um railed against the national debt. Mm-hmm. I think I it was think like six trillion. At he the was time. one of the first people that say make America great again. Um oh, interesting. Which is kind of interesting. Hmm. There you go. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Well, it's great to have you Thanks. today joining to us. Here. Thank you. Our guest, but not not very uh, not 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 a crazy guest because not a crazy one. <laughs> you're, a boring guest. You're, 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 <laughs> no, we're like you're here oh, at Gateway man, with yeah. us all the time. <laughs> Definitely not boring. You mean not really like a like a guest? You mean yeah? Like he's I mean, around. you're still you're still you're you're home. This I'll is dig you out there. No, you're not. From another place. <laughs> I'm, I'm running this joke into the ground. <laughs> but anyway, as I said earlier, we're really just going to take this time to um, to really understand where our leaders are. Um, and this has been a crazy year um, full of different um, challenges and divisions. And um, as we kind of wrap up uh, this mini series of King Jesus, um, we want to take some time to really um, see where our leaders' hearts are um, and where the pastors of our church are and um, and kind of get a, I was excited to do this episode um, to kind of hear um, where your hearts are and where kind of the hope and the and the direction of the of the church and um, moving forward, how all of this is going to work. So, so, um, so you just dropped a little thing in there, but this is the last of these King Jesus twenty twenty episodes. I did, which I, maybe I for some it. people will be disappointing. <laughs> yeah. For other people, will be like, oh, good, finally move on. So next week we'll have you know totally yep. new stuff, yep. unrelated to the election. But but today 
Mm-hmm. So when you talk about how we're doing and how we're thinking, you're thinking largely in the context of this election yes. that's yes. a week out. Yes. Cool. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Great. Yeah. So, um, really my, my first question is how are you? Um, how are you Reese, Matthew, Luke, how are you, how are you doing in this specifically in this season right now? How are you doing? Yeah, I guess I'll go first. You said my name first. So, um, (laughs) Joshua here in case you can't tell my voice. Um, yeah, it's been a different one. It's been more of a sad season for me. I just watching people, um, our whole country kind of being crazy against each other and it doesn't seem like we're even able to like listen to the what we're saying like it's just kind of like volumes at a hundred and you can't it reminds me of sometimes at my house when my kids are playing music and then my son's trying to watch tv so he just turns it up louder and everybody's just doing that to where nobody's enjoying any of it Mm. um that's kind of how I felt so there's a little bit of sadness I don't like sadness so um that's been a big bummer for me Mm. But I've been trying to guard my heart against uh, being cynical um, and and those because that's what sets in when I get sad. I just kind of like it's easier to mock it and be cynical of everything. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Thanks for bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew, how about you? How are you? How are you doing in this season? Yeah. uh, Generally, I think I'm doing okay. I feel like I care a lot about um politics and the country and policy and candidates and all that stuff. But I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like, like a ton is hanging in the balance in the sense of like, if the wrong person or party gets in Mm. power, I'm going to lose my foundation or something Mm. like that. So, so I think I, I feel interested, but not like, um, not necessarily like on unsteady ground or anything Mm. like that. Um, it is really interesting. Like I, I find like just looking at how the culture responds to things, looking at um, what narratives people inhabit, I find that all like super fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's been interesting to me. One of the things that's been sad about this season is I feel like I, I have to tread lightly everywhere I go because I'm not entirely sure in every interaction where the person's at how fragile they are feeling about Mm -hmm. whatever particular topic might come up. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm wearing a lot of masks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) no pun intended. (laughs) Uh, But, but I feel like I have to just be careful Mm. how I enter into each interaction and that can just be tiring. Yeah. Maybe that's why so few people uh, care about it. (laughs) They just wear, they just say whatever they're going to say. Yeah. But yeah, if you are going to try to be self-controlled, it, it takes a, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like there's, there's not much that I want to like divide over mm. with, with folks. And so, um, there are things, but I just want to be intentional about those things. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. That's cool. Luke. Yeah. Leslie, for me, I, um, I think, I think when we started this mini series six or seven or however many episodes ago, um, I kind of said I just feel a little bit sad mm-hmm. about it, and I think that's still true. Um, I feel sad about how just how much people have invested in this, mm-hmm. you know. And it makes sense in a world that is increasingly without God, y- your allegiance and your worship is going to go somewhere. And um, for whatever reason, politics have become the new religions, right? That's sort of we kicked off with yeah. Jim Mullins talking about. And so I'm, I'm that that bums me out. That makes me sad. Um, 
at the same time, I think the main thing I just feel is just ready for it to be over. Mm. Like I'm just tired of it. I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I told you guys how normally I get my mail in ballot and I wait till the very last day and I fill it out. Well, it's already in the mail. It's already gone. I'm just ready for this thing to be over. (laughs) And, um, and so I think there's a level of fatigue and I'm someone that kind of cares about it and follows it and gets into it. And so I feel like, man, if I, if I'm feeling like that, I bet a lot of people who are way less interested are just like, holy smokes, let's let this thing be over. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that way? Um, in regards to just kind of the political side of things or kind of worldwide, everything that's going on in the world, what's going on in the church. Yeah. I'm, I was saying that probably mostly as it relates to the election. Okay. You know, things just feel very fixed, Yeah, you know, like watching the debates last week, the debate. And it was like the number of people that seem like something like, like they'd be swayed or changed by Mm -hmm. something that gets said just seems so low. Yeah. And it feels like it's been that way for months. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, why are we still doing, mm-hmm. you know, and some of this is, I mean, the primary stuff started two years ago <laughs> and it's like, it's a long process. uncle. I mean, it's just a long yeah. time. So yeah, in, in, that, in that sense, it's like, <laughs> just like, holy smokes, make it end. Mm. And then you think like, okay, it'll end, but we're not sure how clean it'll end and how long it'll take to count all the votes and all that stuff. And that's going to be a mess potentially. And then you're going to kind of have a couple years where it's not insane. And then it all starts over again. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. It is pretty, <laughs> it's an insane process. Um, kind of thinking, so, so so moving forward with that, um, how, how have you been handling, each of you, um, what's been going on? Uh, so, so we have the election. This has been a crazy year. That is almost even uh, distinct from then what also is happening within the church and that kind of what what's happening in the world is maybe even bleeding into. I mean, obviously, we're people living in the world. Um, and so our, our the things that we are passionate about can get it, it starts getting muddy. Um, how have you been handling what's been going on in the world, how it's shifted a lot of things and then what's kind of happened kind of with the church and, and you can kind of choose to take this church, um, the, the big C church or, or redemption or gateway kind of whichever way you'd like to take that. But I'm just curious how you've been really handling, um, uh, the, the difficulties, the division, um, and, and just kind of a lot of muddy water. Who do you want to hear from first? Um, Matthew. Oh boy. Um, (laughs) I don't know that I've had like one unifying strategy, uh, as to how I've been handling it. Uh, Seth said something yesterday in his sermon that I really loved. And I think, I think explains a lot of what I've experienced over the last six months, Mm. which is who you are determines what you see. Mm. Uh, and I think if I could learn that better, I could appreciate people who see other things and value other things because I could realize that I'm seeing something from a particular vantage point Mm. and they're seeing something from a particular vantage point and we've lived in different stories Mm. uh, and that's shaped our values. Um, Mm. And there isn't like one right way to grow up or one Mm. wrong way, um, but they all kind of shape and mold the things that are important to us. So, um, so I love, I love that idea and I've been saddened by, um, the inability 
that I've seen in the church, you mentioned the church. I, I don't think this is universal, but I've seen a lot of um, struggle for people to empathize with folks that are different than them, that are coming from different perspectives than them. Uh, and in an effort to simplify things, because at the end of the day, uh, when you vote, it's it's a very simple choice. It's, <laughs> you, know, you get you get to pick one person. <laughs> Most people pick one of two. Some people pick a third person, but um, you, you need to get to simple. But I think if you get to simple without going through complex, you, you really shortchange the process and you shortchange yourself and, uh, at least your own growth through that. So, um, so I've been trying to enter into the complexity. I've been trying to listen to and talk to and understand people that are coming from different perspectives than me. Um, and that's been a enriching process, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think what's cool is I've even noticed being a part of this podcast is we've been able to have some experiences of that, um, talking to different people who maybe yeah. see things in different perspectives, um, talking to Mary, talking to Jim, talking, um, just really hearing their heart of things. So I think that's been... Um, yeah, it's scary. Like it's, it's safe when you have all your ducks in a row, all your categories lined up, you know exactly where you fall on everything. Sure. Uh, and, and it's easy to just decide that everyone else is wrong. Um, but it's also pretty arrogant to mm. think that you've got everything figured out and half the country doesn't. Um, yeah. And so when you enter into the tension and you start engaging um, with like a heart to learn and listen and consider that someone else might have a valid point, uh, that's messy and disorienting. And a lot of people just don't like to live in that place. And so um, I'm trying to press into that. That's awesome. More. Yeah. That's great. Reese? Yeah, I, I am that arrogant person, so uh, <laughs> half the country is wrong. Mm. No, um, We should have a conversation <laughs> about that. <laughs> no, that's serious. I think that's my biggest thing as I've looked at our church is it's easy to just get mad at people and say, man, why are they, why are they looking like the world in this? Like, I talk about that volume where we're just not able to listen to each other. Mm. Um, but I, I'm there. Like, I had conversations with people that I'm like, you really think that? I I don't get angry, but I, in my head, I'm like, I didn't realize I was better than you. You know, like I kind of walk mm. away. And so, um, part of, I think, um, I mean, I, I'm part of the church and so I have my errors and my flaws. And so I think that's been a season of looking at me in this and saying, man, it's hard for me. I can imagine it's hard for somebody else. Mm. Um, and then kind of walking from, in, from that vantage point, um, it helps me to, as you said, kind of incarnate with other people and see um, where they're coming from and what they're thinking. And I think that's been the biggest thing. I've been encouraged by a lot of the conversations that I've had with people, uh, mm -hmm. specifically at our church um, recently. Um, one where I'm like, how are you not more angry? Because I'm more angry, you know. <laughs> um, but just kind of, I think um, <clears throat> people are really taking God's word serious um, and diving into that. And asking, are there any blind spots or any things I'm not seeing? Are there any things I'm not doing that maybe I should? So Yeah, in that sense, it feels to me like this King Jesus 2020 initiative so far feels, as a pastor, like it's been successful. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it does feel like it's turned the volatility down and the focus on the Lord up. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. feels like, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. I, I mean, we all still have our passions and our issues, but it's like, it feels like, there's a better spirit this time that I I'm encouraged by. 
Yeah. 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 I, I think so. When you talk about like this larger, I don't know how you said it, Alessi, but this kind of larger season or this larger thing, it feels yeah. like the the three big categories there feel like COVID, yep, race, election. <laughs> yes. And there's obviously more than that. Um, what's weird is I think we're all kind of zooming in and out of those issues, right? Mm. So there's like, what do I think of COVID in general? And then there's like, how do I help walk my kids through the implications of COVID in their lives and what it means yeah. for our family? And so I'm kind of always going in and out and in and out, right? Um, same thing with race. There's like, what do you think about race? Well, then it's like, well, what about race as it relates to the conversations I'm having with mm. different kinds of people and you just mm. in and out and politics. Um, I think the po politics one probably almost always feels more zoomed out yeah. um, to me. But what's, I think what's, what's so challenging is, um, the politics thing seems to color the other things more than it feels to me like it should. Yeah. yeah. Like I want, I want the scripture and the gospel to color it a lot, mm. but it's like, I mean, I just, even a thing like, um, if you look at the States that have Republican governors, they all are doing high school football. And if you look at the States that have democratic governors, tons of them are not doing high school football. And it's like, wow. Why is that political? Yeah, yeah, why is that political? Like yeah. either high COVID is dangerous is for high school football <laughs> players or it isn't, right? That feels right. like, right. you know, and I know there's a lot of just follow the science and the, even that yeah. follow the science is now this politically loaded thing and, mm -hmm. and uh, which makes science? all of us want to go yeah. to Nacho Libre, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his, his quotes about science. But so, so that same thing as it relates to race, like the way you vote just seems to have a huge impact on how you see those issues. And so that, I don't know, that, that part's discouraging. Mm. And um, I get why that would be that way in the world. I get discouraged when it's that way in the church. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it is, it is fascinating. I, I feel like I've said to multiple friends <laughs> during the season, like, wow, I, I didn't realize how everything all of a sudden has become political. Like, and I didn't, I didn't see it that way before. And I guess that's where I use the term muddy. Like it yeah. starts becoming muddy. Like it's not just COVID. It's not just, oh, the election. It's not, it's, it's, it's bleeding all together and it starts becoming very, um, yeah, muddy and, and, and unclear. Um, so, so with all of that, I, I want to, I want to merge this into more of a, a, a hope filled conversation and make sure that we're not just, yes, we're very sad about what's going on, but, um, what are your hopes, um, moving forward, um, moving and, and, and again, you can kind of choose what the moving forward is. Is it moving forward past just the election kind of? As we wrap up this King Jesus series, what, what are your hopes moving forward um, also in the church? Um, um, because I think, um, and I'm sure as shepherds, you are praying through this and thinking through this. And, and um, so what are your hopes moving forward? Oh, you're looking at me, so I'm going to go first. Um, yeah, this is a... This is a heavy one because I get one shot right here on the podcast <laughs> to it. tell you my hope for our church. <laughs> um, I have been praying a lot about this. Romans 12, one of my favorite chapters of all of the Bible, um, speaks of the body. And it says, <clears throat> for the body of grace given you, I say to everyone among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. It says, for as one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, 
though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And I think if we could pause there for a good amount of time as a church and be that, what God has called us to be, what Paul is calling us to be here, um, it would be so beautiful. Um, there's, I love that our church is different. Everyone's different. And I'm sitting next to somebody who's going to, right now, in this podcast, that's going to vote differently, differently than me. And I semi still love him. Like I, I no, I do. I love him. And and the, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I don't but know if he's told you that. He, you, he do hasn't you know that information. He hasn't. He's no. decided before I have yeah. who I'm voting for. <laughs> but the uh, you're, see see what I've done. See what I've done. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're creating one body here. Uh, <laughs> I just our conversation before this would lead me to that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> see how it jumps to judgment. No, the reality though is um, we're all different parts of the body, and it's really hard if you're. Um, let's say you're the, the head of the body. Um, Jesus to, is the head of the body. Well, sure. Please. I'm just using body parts. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's say they're the hands of the body. That's okay. Bad. It's hard to get excited when the shoes or the feet get shoes, right? Shoes are going to be, feet are going to be really excited for their shoes. I was going to use head and you got me off my thing. <laughs> hands get, when they get gloves, they're going to be really excited. And it's going to be hard for the other body parts to look at that and go, wow, I'm excited for you. Or I care mm. that you don't have yeah. gloves and you're cold. Yeah. Or I care that you're barefoot. Yeah. And yet we have to care because we are one. And, and, and I just Amen. think we know that, but we don't live that out mm -hmm. very well. And, and, mm -hmm. and I'm speaking for myself as well. I know that, but I don't live that out very well. And I, and I think it starts with not seeing yourself higher than you ought and mm. considering others. And so we're really a family on mission here in the valley, in this place that we that we are. And I think we care too much about what's going on all around us, uh, everywhere, far, far away, that we let it kind of destroy our body here. And then, again, we can go to the bigger body as the church, not just our church. But um, that would just be so beautiful if I got to see that mm. play out in our church. Yeah. And I, and I see pockets of it and I think, and, and I know we're trying, Yeah. but the longer that we can pause there and lean into that, that would be um, my prayer really for our church right mm. now. You know, Reese, when Amen. you say that, one of the things that comes to mind is a conversation we had in preaching collective a couple of weeks ago. So it was the conversation with all the preachers about the passage that Seth just recently preached about the woman at the well in Samaria. And a lot of the guys in the room were making a big deal about the boundaries that Jesus was crossing in talking to a woman and talking to a Samaritan woman and mm. look at how he kind of went out of his way to cross these boundaries. Hmm. And someone else really wisely said, you know, I don't know that Jesus was focused on crossing boundaries. He was focused on loving the person in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he wasn't trying to cross a boundary, but he was willing to break a barrier in order to love the person right there. Mm -hmm. wow. And um, yeah, I think you're so right. We so often go, oh, we got to go out there and we got to love. And we kind of zoom out at this macro level. And the Lord has just put all these opportunities in front of us. Yeah, It's what Seth was talking about. The fields are white for harvest. Mm -hmm. And we're going, well, when does the harvest start? And he's like, open your eyes. It's right it's here. Right. Right. So uh, yeah, man, I, just to love, to love one another well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a witness that would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what a witness it is. I mean, when I, where I see it happening, it's just mm -hmm. deeply encouraging. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Matthew, what are your hopes? Yeah. Um, I have two hopes uh, under kind of the banner of reclaiming our identity as the people of God. Mm. Uh, the first hope would be, um, I was reading in Hebrews 12 this morning, 
and uh, read this. So this is this is kind of uh, the author of Hebrews is coming off this this passage in Hebrews eleven talking about the heritage of God's people. So like you're part of this this lineage, this family um, that's that's kind of like this hall of faith of of people that have gone before you, and and then he comes to Jesus and said Jesus is kind of the author and founder of our faith now, uh, and how how are we supposed to to now live in light of all these people that have come before and then Jesus. Mm. Um, and one of the things he says in, in Hebrews 12 verse 14 is strive for peace with everyone mm. and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And there's almost this implication that it's our job as God's people to be holy and show the world the Lord. And then he says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Mm. And it just struck me that our holiness shows the world God, and our bitterness can actually defile mm. others. And so uh, wow. so on kind of that, uh, under that idea of... Um, reclaiming our identity. One of, one of my hopes is that we would see ourselves as part of the tribe of Jesus, Amen. first and foremost, the family of, of God. And then I also thought of just Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount on Matthew, in Matthew 5, where he says, blessed are the peacemakers. So again, this idea of making peace, uh, for they will be called sons of God, right? So a son is someone in the family. You're, you're, you're kind of given that title. You're, you're noticed um, to be part of that family mm. by the way that you make peace. So, mm. um, so that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is I just think the church has a better story than the world can offer right now. Mm. And so, uh, I was at a, a conference, uh, training deal that our church provided for a lot of the leaders last week. Um, a gentleman by the name of Chris Moles came out and was doing a teaching on abuse, domestic abuse. And, uh, it was really, really great. He's a solid, pastor and man who's worked with uh, abuse victims and families and uh, abusers for um, for over a decade and had a lot of great things to say. But one of the things that he said that really struck me is abuse is uh, a misuse of power mm. kind of in a selfish way. So, um, and when he said power, it just kind of, my ears perked up because there's been a lot of talk about power in Absolutely. the culture and our world and, yes. you know, um, it seems like even conversations about uh, critical theory and social Marxism all have to do with this idea of power and what are we going to do with power, speaking truth to power, redistributing power. Um, and one of the things he said was uh, we can never evenly distribute power. We can never mm -hmm. redistribute. That's not how God even designed the creation. If you look at the creation, there are stronger things and weaker things. Uh, but the way of Jesus isn't, uh, to redistribute power. It's to use power to serve. Mm. And I just think that's a beautiful picture, mm. uh, that, that we can, we can actually show the world a different way. So those of us who have advantages, um, that have resources that have opportunity can actually steward those advantages to serve the under-resourced or the weak um, we can do that in our homes. We can do that in our businesses. We can do that in our communities. Um, and I just think that's beautiful, mm. you know, um, and it's, it's better than, than taking from some people and f giving to others. And, um, the, the idea of stewarding your power, whatever 
power you have give, given by the Lord, you know, kind of in the, in the way of Philippians two. So the, the way that Jesus, he didn't consider equality with God, a thing to be grasped. He, he didn't go around trying to accumulate things and power. Mm-hmm. He, he used his power to serve. He became weak. Um, I just think that's beautiful. So that, that would be my prayer for the church. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Luke. Yeah, so I'll I'll keep it short. The, both of those things I just completely Absolutely. 100% resonate with. I feel like the 10 commitments that we put out for this mm. initiative are a lot of our hopes. Um, and even the name of this podcast, it's not to be trite or kind of, you know, overly simplistic, but I feel like all of my life forever until I meet Jesus face to face through his return or through my death will be trying to conform to the image of him. You know, all of life is all for Jesus. And that's my hope is that yeah. that he would be our primary loyalty, our primary allegiance. I want to be grateful for the nation, but I don't want to idolize it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think people who are followers of Jesus resonate with that a lot. I've noticed that even as I've been doing some of the pastoral, some of the prayers during the Sunday morning services. You know, there's just parts where as I'm praying, I can sense a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people are amening either out loud or even in their hearts. And a lot of that is around this idea of as, as fathers of Jesus, we want Jesus to be yeah. King. We want him to be Supreme. We want yeah. him to be most important. And, um, I think the whole process of growing as a follower of Jesus is having that ultimate desire, try to trickle into all the like flinches and reactions mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. and have our flinches and our instincts be increasingly shaped by allegiance to Christ rather than other stuff. And so, um, that's the process of growth, and that's what I want. I want us to. I want us to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I want to love our neighbors, ourselves. I want to be like Christ. Mm, I love that. That's yeah. That is. That's what we should all be doing. Um, but w- but with that, as I, so I'm really trying to think um, as just people at Gateway um, and what they would really want to know from you. Um, and and I kind of go, okay, so what should I specifically be doing? What should we be doing? Um, how can we be supporting you? How can we be praying for you? Um, what should I be doing? Should I be going to my neighbor's house and, and loving on them? Like, how do I see those people, love them, get conversations going, um, kind of really implement all of the things that we've kind of talked about? Um, what, what can I be doing? Um, do you so have I have a couple of things that I, I, like you to be avoiding. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that I have uh, noticed, especially this time around. So, uh, as specifically as it relates to the political conversation, yeah, um, I think there's a couple things to avoid. One is I've just been hearing more and more uh, uh, people say things like, "You can't be a true Christian and vote for blank." Mm. And I just don't have a Bible verse for that. Um, And and I've been around people and I've been in ministry long enough to know you can be a true Christian and do all kinds of stuff that is not good (laughs) and that dishonors God. If you continue to walk in that unrepentantly, well, now there's real danger and there's real question about whether you're a true Christian. But Mm -hmm. um, man, that is just such a powerful Mm -hmm. thing to say, you know. It kind of sounds like pimping Jesus for your own agenda. (laughs) Like if you're yeah. going to use that lever, you better be darn sure what you're saying is absolutely yeah. true. Cause otherwise right. the Lord's gonna, I, I would think have some harsh words <laughs> to say, like you're going to use Jesus to try to justify what a, a way like that everyone should vote that. You- well, it, I think it's even fine to go, Hey, 
as a Christian, I don't think you should stand for X, Y, or Z, yeah. but to say you can't be a Christian if you do this or sure. that is like, man, I just, yeah, there's that's a just not a card we should play very often. I don't yeah. think. So that's one thing I'd say, avoid that. The second thing yeah. is, um, you know, we're called as believers to love our enemies. Mm -hmm. And I heard David French say this, um, he was saying it about Donald Trump, but I think you could say the same thing about Joe Biden. Um, depending on who you support, is as followers of Jesus, we're called to love our enemies, but there's a temptation to hire these politicians to hate our enemies for us. Mm. Oh, wow. And to say, well, I know I can't hate them, but I'll hire him to hate them for me. Mm. Um, and so I think there's a, the thing, to, it, we got to avoid that. Mm. You know, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, if you're lean, if you're kind of rooting for these politicians to hate your enemies for you. That's not a great motivation. Mm. And um, so that's caused me even just to search my heart and go, okay, as I think about my support and my vote and what that means, is that motivating me? Is this kind of a, like a subtle way of actually trying to hate my enemies? And I really don't think it can be that. So those are a couple of dangers that, that I'm trying to avoid that I feel yeah. like we ought to try to avoid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the beauty of the spirit, you, you asked, what should we do specifically? The beauty yeah. of the fact that the spirit dwells within us is uh, it's a, there's like a thousand different things and the spirit mm -hmm. will lead you. So I think one of the things is just to continue to pray mm -hmm. how God, how might you have me yeah. serve your agenda and your kingdom? Stay close to Jesus um, today. You know, yeah. uh, one practical thing that I've just, I've, been working on and I, I think we're seeing fruit of is my wife and I are just trying to create a, a fairly calm, normal environment at home. Mm. So our kids get a lot, they've, they've been, they've had a lot of disruptive things this year. Um, there's a lot of fear in our world and in media and they, they experience it with a lot of people in their lives. And so just trying to create a, a light, fun, easy, space for them. Yeah. Um, we talk about politics, but we don't talk about it. Like we're wringing our hands and like, this is boy, if you know, all creation hangs in the balance here, we talk about it cause it's important, but, mm -hmm. um, we talk about it without anxiety. I think mm. at least that's the goal. Um, in fact, it's kind of been fun to watch them interact with other people and be surprised at how like ruffled folks get about it. Um, so I don't know if that's good or bad, but it, but at least it shows me that that's not something that is keeping them up at night. So, yeah, absolutely. So that might be something to consider. It's just what, what sort of presence are we bringing into our homes related to all this stuff? That's great. Yeah, a lot of mine, uh, I think if I was going to tell our church to what, what I'd love them to do is whenever there's hard times, which we're in, uh, even historically hard times, it's always... Um, it pushes us towards, it, it kind of reveals the things that we lean on, you know, and, and sometimes we come out better. I think a lot of times we come out better. Sometimes we come out worse. Um, but I would just invite everyone to examine your own life. Like what, what are you really leaning on? You said prayer. So uh, that, that's what my answer was going to be. Um, but like, what do you spend most of your time doing or talking about? That's, that reveals a lot about what you're relying on and where your focus is. And again, all these things that I've been saying are things that like God's been working in my own life. Mm -hmm. Like I just realized a lot of my conversations, um, I rarely talked about the things that 
I say I care about most, which is Jesus being king. And like, I would love to be just baptizing uh, new believers mm. every week for the rest of our, my, our lives. It'd be great. Absolutely. And and instead, I'm I'm talking and and laboring about uh, different politics or different uh, the, the race conversation or COVID. And I'm just like I care about those, but I definitely don't care about them more than Jesus. And yet, I'm spending majority of my life, um, at least currently talking about those things. So I kind of like just examine my own life and I'd invite others to do the same is just examine where is your hope in those situations? What are you, what are you talking about? Majority, what gets most of your passion in life hmm. and, and let that kind of That's lead you to what the life of a Christian, which is repentance and belief. And so there's just continual repentance and belief. I'm going to repent of that. Hmm. I'm going to believe that Jesus is the only way and kind of push into that. I just That's kind of what God has worked in my life, and I'd love to invite others to do that as well. I love that. What gets most of your passion? That's yeah. really good. That's a great question. Yeah. When, and as a church for, man, the last couple of years, since we, I mean, we did a series at the beginning of 2019, Love Walked Among Us, and it was so much, and this is everything, Reese, you guys have been talking about in student ministry. It's so much about seeing people. Mm. and moving toward them in love with, with all the compassion of love and all the honesty of love, uh, which requires dependence on the spirit. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, but when you talk about the lessee, what, what should people go do? Mm -hmm. it, it really is like, God, open my eyes to see yeah. what's right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I think sometimes we'll have these conversations and go, well, you need to go find people really different than you. Well, unless you've almost literally been in quarantine for the last six months and just not around people at all, mm -hmm. there are people different from you in your life. Like yeah. it's so it's sometimes your family members. Yeah. <laughs> God help me to see them, help me to see them with love and move toward them with love. So I think, I think that's a lot of what I would see. I, I'd say specifically as it relates to the race conversation, um, you know, I've been able to have a lot of more relational proximity to mm -hmm. people of color than I used to. Mm. And, um, and that's really been helpful in that conversation um, because I've had the proximity. I think, I think one of the reasons we've struggled at times to kind of navigate that well is because a lot of times we don't really have a great deal of proximity. Mm. So we'll put, um, you know, the, the one person we know who's different, we kind of put all our eggs in however they think about things. Yeah. And, um, and we know who we know. I mean, right. you know, you're going to have relationships with who you have relationships with. But I think the more proximity we can have, mm. the the and then just praying, God, help me see, help yeah. me love, help me see, help me love. Um, yeah, I think I think that let's love who's in front of us. Yeah, that's that's huge. I think that's so. I think it's helpful too. Of of it's actually not something that we have to really uh, uh, like go somewhere else to see that. I mean, we just praying for discernment and wisdom and our eyes to be open to see who's in front of us and see how we can love and be curious. Um, I think that's another thing that we've kind of been talking about here, being curious about how they see things and, and open our eyes even further. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's huge. Um, you've touched on a lot of this. This is kind of my, this is my last question. Um, really just in case we've missed anything that that's on your heart that you would like to say, but as shepherds in the church, um, what 
unless you have already said it, but what really has been on your heart and your mind um, during this time and, and, and what would you kind of like to leave us with? Whoever uh, is ready. <laughs> I'll say to, to our flock, um, I'm scared. Um, and it's okay to be scared. I think sometimes like it, I'm scared for you. I think that we are, uh, our, everything is kind of under attack at this time. Um, even from by ourselves, we're eating each other and it, it's scary, but, uh, in a, in a, in a, in a very big, but, um, God is good and faithful. And so, um, I think we need to be praying for each other. And I think, uh, I just, I love our church. I love, um, the body of Christ and I want to encourage us that God is with us. And so if we follow him closely, um, and we repent of our blind spots and our sins and walk with him, that he's uh, faithful and, mm-hmm. and is going to help us. And so I want to be, um, as healthy as we can as a, as a body. And I want to be walking with the Lord, um, in holiness, as Matthew said earlier. Mm-hmm. And I just think the fight isn't lost. Yeah. Although it seems, it may seem in your life right, right now we're, we're getting our butts kicked. Um, <laughs> but we're going to be okay. Yeah. I'll let Matthew have the last word. So I'll, I'll go, <laughs> I'll go next. Um, so I went on Friday to just an amazing funeral and um, I came home and told Molly like this was just one of the most moving memorials I think they called it a celebration of life but I I mean I just kind of cried through almost the whole thing and it was um, a person I didn't know particularly well they were part of our church in the early days of second mile um, and then actually have had adult children who've been part of our church and um Anyway, uh, it was just it was just stunning, and everyone in the family, it wasn't these kind of platitudes about you know well grandma was always nice and grandma loved people. It was like they were describing in HD her life, wow. and it was a life that was just stunningly beautiful, um, and it had nothing to do with her views on politics. Wow, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was like what was beautiful about her life was was how her love for the Lord shone through the relationships with people. And one of the verses that um, Mark Andrus, who was officiating it, quoted, which is a verse I think of a lot at, at funerals, is Ecclesiastes 7.2, which says, it's better, go to, it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. It's better to go to a funeral than a wedding. Mm. And you go, well, that seems nuts. Why would that be true? Solomon, oh, wisest person who ever lived. And he says, the reason is because the living death is the end of all mankind and the living will take it to heart. In other words, at a funeral, you're forced to think what matters most. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually better to go to a funeral than to go to a wedding. Cause at a funeral you're Mm -hmm. confronted with what matters most. And, um, I think that's just what's on my heart is like, let's live for eternity. Let's live for the kingdom. Let's live for the stuff that, um, matters most. And, um, Gosh, everywhere I turn, this is the most consequential election in history. <laughs> until the next one, until the next one. And I thought Mary Strong, a couple of weeks ago, whenever we talked to her, her thing about going, you know what? Neither of these guys running in nine years will matter. Mm, yeah. But the kingdom will still be going. Jesus will still be king. Amen. We'll still be the church. Let's live for what matters. Amen. Yeah, that, that is a lot that ties in perfectly with what I was going to say. I think... Um, 
just having our priorities aligned with God's priorities is mm. my desire. So, um, there's a lot of things that God cares about, like way more than I can care about. Mm. But the thing he cares about the most, um, is uniting all things in Christ and conforming us as his body into mm. his image. And so, uh, the good news is that in difficult seasons like 2020, God is still doing that. And you could even argue he's doing that with more velocity and intensity than he does in like the easy times. <laughs> so um, if our goal can be God's goal, um, that our goal would be to be more like Jesus mm. um, before all other goals, right? There's all these other goals yeah. that are important. Yep. But the thing God cares about the most, which is why he allows suffering and pain still in this world, because he uses it as a, as a tool to, to lead us in that direction. Uh, if our goal can be that goal, I, we're, we're in a good place. Mm. So I love that. I love Amen. it. Amen. Indeed. Um, thank you so much just for taking time to share, um, where you're at and your heart with us. And, um, I, uh, recently I've gotten gotten tired of just listening to the news and everything and, and podcasts. Uh, <laughs> not ours yeah before all this you were blissfully I know blissfully unaware I know I was you into the you, mire you oh. did you did but um, welcome to our pain <laughs> <laughs> but no it, it it's sweet though to to just hear where you are um and and how um, sober-minded you are um, in in thinking through these terms and the focus is Jesus. Um, and uh, recently, I, I don't know if any of you have seen it. I think maybe you have watched it, but I would encourage... I'm going to say encourage. Um, for those of you who are also maybe tired of being filled with certain um, media uh, things, um, but just I just continue to keep thinking about this. I know I'm like building it up, um, but there is a series. Saturday Night Live? No. Oh. oh, that is funny. That's pretty funny. You you are the Saturday Night Live clips. That's where I get all my news from. Um, but no, there's a, there's a TV series called The Chosen, um, oh, yeah. and I can't... Um, I can't speak highly enough about it. Um, seeing uh, the person of Jesus uh, is just so powerful. And um, because of Seth preaching on the woman at the well, episode eight is all about Jesus seeing this woman of the, on, at the well and um, him encountering Nicodemus. And I, I just feel like in this season where everything feels so like uh, muddy and divided and we're like, okay, we got to focus on Jesus. It's been this sweet, uh, uh, tangible way to kind of watch and, and experience Jesus in a new way. And, mm. and it's very, it's from what I can tell, I would say it's very biblically sound. Um, there's been tons and tons of prayer that's gone into making these episodes. Um, but that's yeah, really great. Okay. I haven't gotten, I mean, I've, I've only gotten through, I think, episode three. Okay. And then I, bef right before I preached on Nicodemus, mm. I knew that episode seven was about yeah. that interaction about being born again. And I watched it. Uh, and, but yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. It's really good. Yeah. Great recommendation. Yeah. I don't know. So do with that what you will, but just in hearing these stories um, and just, uh, it's just been sweet to, if, if we are called to be fishers of men then let's go, let's go be fishers of men and see the people that are right in front of us and um, be united, be one body and be excited for the other parts of the body who see things in different ways. And um, yeah, so thank you. And uh, 
Great. So next time we will talk about something else. Something yes. else. Stay tuned. <laughs> Razzle, thanks for coming today, man. Thanks yeah, for having thank me. You. Yeah, it was, it was good fun. having you. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs>